Welcome to Live Better, where it is the best day ever, every single day. If you don't yet think that's possible, let us show you. Time spent hamming with us is time spent crushing life. The goal of this show is the re-examination of life. Asking yourself why and how you spend your time is valuable. It doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or in a 9-to-5. It is about creating the life you want to live. It is about the unrestricted access to growth, potential, play, freedom, and energy. We promote movability here at Live Better. If you're going to ham, you got to eat. Explore, adventure, travel. We help you explore your interests and your passions. Essentially, what keeps you up at night. We encourage adventure in all its forms. Scare the shit out of your comfort zone. Doesn't matter if that's trying a new food or a new parachute. And finally, travel. Broaden your horizons and gain perspective. It's getting off the hamster wheel and on the Live Better rocket ship to decide what really matters. Our guests share their stories on how they're changing the world. We dive into how they pursue their dreams, achieve their goals, and transform lives. Good health is the sustainable fuel to make you the best at what you want to do. And once you feel good, do good. Do not tolerate ordinary. We ain't here to be average. If you're going to do it, do it. Take a deep breath and smile. It's time to turn up. Hey! Ham check. Take 750. Visit. 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 Mugsy. Don't visit zit. You started saying Mugsy. I started saying Vig. I started. I said Vigsy. Vigsy Vigsy jeans. Vigsy jeans. (laughs) Vigsy. Vigsy. Oh, you get on them Vigsies. All right. You got it. This show is brought to you by Mugsy jeans. If jeans that are as comfortable as sweatpants sound too good to be true, that's because you haven't tried Mugsy jeans. The guys at Mugsy spent years developing a high-tech denim that's so flexible for a fit that's not too baggy, not too tight, but just right. I can now work out, rock climb, do gymnastics, yoga, picnic, mountain bike, go to the office, go out to eat, and sleep in the same pair of jeans. They're so flexible and comfortable, it's hard to take them off. Visit MugsyJeans.com and use code LIVEBETTER20 for 20% off just for our listeners. This show is also brought to you by Four Sigmatic. The boys at Four Sigmatic wanted to find the smallest thing people could add to their current diet to produce the biggest positive impact on their health. While the answer might not be clear to you, to them it was. The answer? Medicinal mushrooms. Well, not magic mushrooms, as you might be thinking. Their benefits are magical indeed. Big benefits include immunity, heart health, and increased energy. Four Sigmatic has crafted several instant mushroom products, such as mushroom coffee and elixir packets, to be added to hot water or your favorite blended drink. I like adding the cordyceps to my tea to give my morning a little extra turn up. I like drinking the mushroom coffee with cordyceps and chaga for on-the-go energy and ending the day with the hot cacao with reishi to induce a calm, relaxed feeling pre-sleep. Visit foursigmatic.com, use code LIVEBETTER for 10% off, just for our listeners. All right, Brett, let's kick it off. How do you know that you love something? How did you know why health? How did that start? For me, it was, it was honestly really simple. Um, I had a passion for health and fitness, physical activity for ever since I could remember. Um, I had a mentor in high school. I hurt my rotator cuff and met up with a guy who helped me rehab my shoulder. And uh, Dr. Philip Clausen, still my mentor to this day, and started working out with him, started rehabbing my shoulder, started getting better. And I go back to one specific moment during that. Uh, we were working out with one of my buddies, and one of my buddies was like, dog, you got to be a personal trainer one day. And I just kind of brushed it off and never really thought anything of it. And uh, he just thought I was really good at what I did when I was in high school in sports. I was always that motivational guy, you know, always maybe the last guy on the bench, but the guy screaming, the guy working hardest, finishing the sprints first. And those were things I just did. So when I went to school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, and graduated and just started working. Um, and in the background was like, what do I do every single day? Well, I'm in the gym for an hour or two working out, grinding, trying to get better, trying to work hard. And I loved doing it. So I put those two things together and was like, well, can I make a career out of this? Is this something I can do? 
Um, and I thought of while I was doing that was, or my thought while I was doing that was I'm already doing this. I'm already there. I already love it. It's a passion of mine. It's something I love to do and I don't take any excuses not to do it. So when that happened, I was like, okay, I don't have to do something I don't want to do. So I was working a job. I actually really enjoyed my first job out of college, learned a lot from it. But during that was like, all right, um, I can do other things. I can start to pursue my passions and I just started doing it. And that's my big thing I want to get out of this is you just need to do it. Um, And if you love what you're doing and you know it's your passion, you just start doing it on your own. Um, You just start to really feel that it's something you want to incorporate into your life and into your routine. And if you really, really deep down love it, like more than just something you want to do on the weekends or do a little bit at night, you start to think, okay, can I make this into a career? Can I do something with this? Can I take this to the next level? And then I started looking at the top people. Who are the best people in the world doing this right now? And are they successful? Well, you turn on the TV, you see uh, infomercials for people putting out tapes, you see TV shows for people training clients, you see top trainers training athletes, and yes, those people are successful. Yes, those people's career paths work. They support a family, they live. And so once I realized, wait, I can take this and actually do something with it, I was like, shit. I'm going to do this. Like, this is tight. Uh, I love doing it. And then it was from there, it just snowballed. It was something where I, I started to reach out to people and work out with people and nutrition consult people and start to like really see that this was a possibility. And once I knew it was a possibility, it was off to the races. I wanted to, to work super hard at it and felt like, hell, I can make a career out of this and this is something I can do. So I was just like, I'm going full throttle. <laughs> Full throttle is all you got to do. I I mean, I feel like it just comes down to the fact, are you already putting in the time? Exactly. You have a nine to five now. What are you doing when you come home? Are you working on what you're doing? Are you pursuing that passion outside of work? Is that what you're filling your weekends with? It's like, that's kind of proof to yourself. Yeah. I mean, I already, like, like you said, it was, it was something that was just so ingrained in my life and something that I had never thought was a possibility. And so Getting that thought switch to being like, this is a real thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can do for this. anything you want to do and make money at it and love it and make a career out of it. No one or, tells you that. No one knows that. You don't know that. You're just like, oh, yeah, you know, like, you got to get go to school, get your business degree or get your doctor's degree and go work. And that's true. I mean, you got to make money. You can't live off nothing. But at the end of the day, it's like, looking back at it when you're the most happy and when you're the most free is when you do what you love. So just taking that passion for me and bottling it up and kind of just looking at it and saying, all right, you know, I can do this for, for forever. And it's something I know I want to do. And I see others doing it. Yeah. That confirmation was like, all right, let's go. Yeah. So what about you? It's a real thing. What do you think? What I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just the, we were, we were talking about this the other day. It's the grind after the grind. Right, jumping forward a little bit ahead, we have a, a similar backstory. Played sports all my life. I miss being part of a team and being super active, even from like nine months. I was jumping out of my crib, which I don't remember, but I'm sure my parents do. Um, all the way to playing competitive sports through the end of high school. Injuries held me back a little bit, but then that's also kind of what fueled me to, to really pursue health. Is like you can fix so many issues. And it kept coming up that I was helping friends and family with their health, whether it be food or training. And that became a big part of what I was interested in outside of work. You'd find yourself, even just for me, I'd come home and be writing workouts and you'd be scheming this and that. And, you know, am I getting the most effective use out of, you know, this tool or that? And that became something I was super interested in. And then when we started this thing, it was like coming home after you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 hour work day and putting in another seven hours, <laughs> yeah. sometimes till one and two in the morning and getting back up and doing it all over again, you realize that that's when you're happy. When you have this like dichotomy between going into work and doing this and coming home and doing this other job. Well, if you're doing one till 2 a.m. when you're exhausted and still loving every minute of it and waking up, you know, wanting to rush out of that job to the next one, it's like it's giving you a pretty clear indication on which one you like to do. Um, you know, I think for me too, it was also what I was motivated by. You know, at my last job, 
the results weren't all that tangible. Um, to give some backstory, I was a tax consultant at a big four firm, um, and I like tangible results. It doesn't necessarily have to be an immediate result, um, but I need to see a direct impact. Like the, the ripple effect of, you know, is not real enough for me when I can't see downstream. Sure, tax savings give more people jobs. The business can be more efficient with their cash, can do more things. Are, is the business better off? Maybe. Like I don't get any sense of accomplishment or you know, that, that feedback of where is the money saved going. I don't need the pat on the back from someone above me. I don't need that like, uh, you know, like you're doing a great job. I don't need that. But what I do need to see is that what I'm doing is actually creating some kind of difference. Just like a sculptor or artist has their painting or sculpture, you're getting an immediate feedback. You're molding something, right? With health, it was like kind of the same thing. You see people's bodies change. You see their mind change. That's really the big thing. And then, and then overall, their life is improving. Like daily, you get to watch people improve. And even though you're not seeing a day-to-day body change necessarily, you still get that smile. You get that text after. And like that was super important to me. Yeah, that was one of those things that early on when we were training, we'd always screenshot text back and yeah, forth. Yeah, it's just like that, people being like, yo, I feel great today. Or like they went and did something extra that they wouldn't do. You and I would always text back and forth. Yeah. Oh, this is legit. I mean, it actually that's real. That's, that's what you live for. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. We were just talking about, just watched a, a video on um, somebody slamming millennials. It's like I can already hear like the corporate generation above me you know, yelling millennial, this millennial, that it's like, well, guess what? I've been let down by that template. I've been let down by the nine to five. Um, you know, I just took matters into my own hands with you. Stop complaining. We put our head down, bought into something long-term into something that matters, that gives meaningful value to our time where we can help people every day. Is it funny? I brought this up another time, but, um, say if you help somebody with their wealth, their health, and their children, you've got it figured out. Like, well, I've got my CPA, I've got my personal <laughs> training certifications. Like, you let me babysit, it's all over. Um, I think for us, like, if, if I could just offer one piece of advice back to anyone in a corporate job, it's that you can find both leadership and buy in at any level of whatever firm, whatever job you're at, but there can't be any mission fatigue. You need to clearly understand. What you're working towards, especially in low-level employees, I think it's hard when people are just being tossed on this project or tossed on that. Sure, you're not going to understand everything that's going on, but when you have a sense of um, buy-in, when you're a part of the end game, when you know what that is, when that's communicated to you, at whatever role you're at, that is so, so important. It's like, does everyone understand what they're working towards? It just didn't didn't jive well with the kind of like shut up and do what you're told mantra. It's like that doesn't work, and no one can kid themselves. Like it, that never worked. Yeah, yeah. that never worked. Yeah, um, and ultimately, it wasn't the things that everyone blames. It wasn't the long hours. It wasn't the stress. Right. It's not the low ish pay, relatively <laughs> speaking, to how many hours I was working, or the travel. It's like we have all that now. Yeah. <laughs> you just like doing yeah, it. Yeah, you like doing it. You just it. like it. It was just the subject matter for me that was the big thing. And when I compared work in tax and work in health, like it was that. That was it. Yeah. And for me, like that's so similar because you look back at it and it was hard for me to wake up to get to work at eight thirty. Now I train clients at 5 a.m. and it's like I'm ready to rock. It's right so there. it's like there's that that difference in the passion. And when you find what you're passionate about, the hours don't matter, the time commitment, the travel, like all of that just works itself out. You and I work round the clock right now and it just doesn't fatigue us. We're ready to go at any moment because it's like you don't feel like you're working. And I always tell people this. Since I quit my corporate job, I haven't worked a day, and that's like legit. Yeah, it's, it's so hard to believe it, and people will people don't understand that don't do it. But it's like, oh, once you find your like job you love, you don't work a day in your life. That is damn true. That's it's actually real. It's, real. real. it's like this is fun. This is an exciting thing. If I come home and I don't have anything to do for a few hours, I just start doing this because I enjoy it. Yeah. It's not like oh, I want to go do something else because it's more fun. It's like this is fun. Yeah, and that's the coolest thing. Yeah. 
did you did you have an aha moment when you were like, this is it, like I'm um, I'm quitting? Yeah. So I had a, a couple of different ones. The the quitting moment and the the decision to quit. I have um, a very like memorable story. Was I was I had put a lot of thought into this. I had lined everything up in a row. Um, I felt good. I had made my checklist. I felt good about every single possible thing. And I sat down with a conversation with my now fiance and, and almost kind of presented to her um, where I was at and I was ready to go because that was <laughs> make like, sure it sounds logical yeah, to someone else. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, <laughs> if you have somebody to springboard off, do it. If it's, if you're on your own, I recommend making a presentation if you were going to present to yourself. Yeah, and say, does this seem legit? And so what I did was like, I just lined it all up for her and I was like, okay, this is how everything's going financially. This is how my mindset is. This is how happy I am. And this is where I see the progressions going. And within that moment, it was the final time where I just like looked at her. She looked at me and there was just no words, but it was just like, I'm ready to do this. And just seeing that other person's buy-in and then coming back to myself and feeling secure with myself, I was like, I'm ready to go. And literally two days later, I walked into the office and told my boss, hey, hey, I'm leaving. He's like, oh, where are you going? And I said, um, the moon. <laughs> yeah. Later. I said, I'm, I'm starting my own business. And his eyes were like, that's incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So that was the aha moment for me to leave. There was one more moment. And this is way back when I started my career of me knowing I wanted to make the switch. So what was the first step? That was like the biggest thing is, you know, what was my first step to doing this? Well, I was working a job and I did really well at it. I was one of the fastest people ever promoted at the job. I worked directly with my manager who was higher up in the company on projects way over my pay grade that I love doing. He's still one of my mentors today. I learned a lot from him. Um, and I knew that I still had this passion for fitness. So what did I do? I said, all right, I'm going to start doing this in some capacity. What's the first step? to be good in fitness, to be able to do it. Well, you need a, I thought you need a personal training certification. So (laughs) I went out and got that from there. I said, okay, I was at the gym. I was working out at gold's gym in Milwaukee. I went up to the head of personal training. I said, what do I need to work here? I was like, I have a full-time job. I just want to train a couple clients, see if I like it. Yeah. He's like, get your certification. I'll get you on, on the schedule. Sweet. He see me working out there all the time, grinding, And so that moment right there was like, okay, I need to get this certification and I need to just try it out, see if I like it. I know I liked training buddies in college and working out with people and all that, but I was like, is this something I want to do? Yeah. So I got the certification, started working there and just was training a couple clients after work and was like, this is awesome. I love this. And so I was like, this is real. I remember that was bodies by Brett. Yeah. Bodies by Brett. That's what I started it with. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm going to start my own thing. (laughs) And I was like entrepreneurial and I was spending my time after work and on the weekends instead of going out was more like, okay, how do you start a business? How do you do all this? And so that's the, the, and like to highlight that, that's exactly what we mentioned in the first thing. Exactly. You find yourself just doing, doing shit yeah, you yeah. wouldn't have been doing otherwise. Yes. You're not coming home and watching real whatever of America. Yeah. Real housewives of like middle Tennessee. Yeah. You don't yeah. need that. You don't need it. You, you don't want that. You find, you spend your time doing what you love to do and knowing that there's an end goal. So those are my, my two big moments of kind of realizing that training and, and something was what I wanted to do and I liked it. And then the actual leaving the job was kind of like getting to that point where I was so secure with myself, so confident in myself. And then I had the backing of others. And once that, once that happened, it was like, all right, let's get out that goji berry cannon and launch that thing off because we're going to the moon. Punting this Lenovo. <laughs> yeah. Punt so, my Lenovo computer. What about you? I think it was a slow buildup. Um, I knew that I needed to do something not as structured. I feel like I take direction very well and I can run with it. Um, but I needed a creative outlet and there just wasn't a lot of that. Um, I like numbers. I like working with numbers, but it was just, it was something else. I needed to like idea scheme. I like strategizing and I wasn't getting a lot of that. And so once we got into this training thing, like similar to you, I was like, all right, I'm going to get my certification. I'm going to get a few clients and see how this goes. 
So I started training before work. Train one or two people, go into the office, and my hours were extremely variable. You could have a very good day and be out by six. You could have a very bad day and be out much, much later. And I think, you know, as you were alluding to, the important part was the overlap. It was, and kind of what I talked about before, that split in your mind, you see this is one job, this is the other. What do I like about this? What do I like or not like about the other? And as that buildup became greater and greater, my, my client list started to grow a little bit. We started to teach at Nike. When my day looked like wake up, train two clients, change into business casual, go into work, train for a few hours, leave, meet with you over lunch, come back, work for a little bit, leave, go teach a Nike class where I'm in all tights, I'm hyped up in front of a (laughs) bunch of awesome athletes, come back to the office, change back into business casual one more time and stay into the office until you know, midnight, maybe later, and then come home again and do whatever live better task we set for that day. Right. At that time it was some protein bar work. Yep. You know, when my days were 18 hours long, like legitimately without any of the travel, working hours for 18, 19 hours a day, that becomes unsustainable. And so I came to the fork in the road and I said, all right, it's one or the other. You have to pick. And, you know, that, that buildup happened over, you know, seven, eight months. Wasn't always that busy. I made a promise to my cousins I would quit by my birthday and certainly worked towards that goal. I got promoted in July. While I got promoted, I was in Colorado hiking and mountain biking with my cousin. And that idea in my head started to grow. I mean, that's kind of when it really like sprouted wings. I had a lot of time to myself. Um, we're at a downtime during work. So my busy season was during the summer, um, which is the absolute worst time to have a busy season. If you live in Chicago, it's the only time it's worth living in Chicago. <laughs> and that buildup became great. And then one day at work, <laughs> I said it before, one day at work, I heard the phone ring you know, way down the line, back behind me. It was just kind of this like faint conversation. No one I even knew. And whatever they were talking about was just uh, set, gave me a moment to pause. And I was like, is this what you want to be doing? No. Yeah. Like very clearly, I looked back down. I was like, no, you can't do this anymore. And two days later, that was it. It was just, I walked in in two weeks. And I was like, this is it. I'm pulling the trigger. Like this time, I'm out. Yeah. I mean, it's for me, I, it was very similar. There's like those little moments you look back at and you're like, you reevaluate if is this what you want to be doing. And yeah. if you are ever coming to that reevaluation state, you need to think on that. Yeah. Don't just let it go past. Don't just be like, ah, today was a bad day. Well, do those bad days line up? Was it yeah. a bad week? Has it been a bad month? Is there things in which you're doing daily, weekly, or monthly that you don't love? Yeah, are you wasting any time? Any time. And, and it's one thing in which you know if there's a long-term goal. And if you're like at a position where you're working hard and you know there's a long-term payoff and you know you need to grind to get there, that's great. We do that. Like yeah. we, we didn't start out with 15 clients and all this cash flow and all this income coming in and all these followers. Like that didn't just happen. No. We built that up while we were working. And that was one thing I think. It's really important for what you said is that we overlapped this. Yeah. You and I were You both can't working. just say fuck it you right away yeah. and bail out. You can't like, just this do just it. doesn't work. It like doesn't that. work. It doesn't I mean unless you like have some crazy scheme that's just gonna But even then week, you've, already, like, you've already you've yeah. already schemed. You've, you've already, already have some kind of framework in place where you're like exactly. I need more time to execute yeah. on this. When that happens, it's time to it's go. It's time to go. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like you that overlap for me looking back at that time of my life was the most strenuous because of the hours and then you're picking and choosing of okay am i putting hours into my business am i putting hours into my relationships am i putting hours into my health and when you get stretched thin like that then you really come to that bridge like you said that fork in the road where it's like okay which path is my best for me for everybody around me for my health and for my life and you just go on it and you have to just do it. That's like what it comes down to is line up everything you can in a row to the best of your abilities. Yeah. At least from a logical perspective. Okay. Is this something I can do? If the answer is yes, that you can do it, 
you got to do it. Yeah. And I think, you know, one thing that for me was big is just creating a checklist. So I kind of sat down once this was all happening, kind of at the same moment where you were talking about the couple clients before work. For me, it was one or two clients in the morning, hop on a train to the suburbs to work, grind that out, hop on a train, the fastest express train, get off a stop early, hop on a divvy bike, divvy to the Nike workout, come home, train a client, and then meet you at dinner from nine to midnight and then just do it again. So we were both just doing it. Yeah. And it was like, how can I get the fastest, where can I get to the fastest spot? How can I get there? So it was like, when that was happening, I was like, okay, this is real. This is a thing. I'm making money. You're doing it. I'm doing it and I'm helping people and I love it. So it was like, okay, now it's time to sit down and present myself that fork in the road Yeah. and say, okay, I know I'm not there yet, but when that day comes, what do I need checked off to get there? Yeah. And for me, it was a few things. One, um, the most important thing was the support of those around me. There's always going to be people um, that are skeptical of you or that doubt you. And for me, it was like that was kind of going on like at work. It was like I would throw this idea out to some people and they they were all just so like caught up in their career past in the company that they didn't think it was even possible. Yeah. But then I'm listening to podcasts about CEOs and about entrepreneurs who all just did it. Yeah. I hop on the phone with my old boss from uh, my first job. His name's Ben. And I kind of presented the situation to him and he goes, oh, you got to quit. Just do it. Just (laughs) go out right now. Yeah. And this dude has a family. This dude is a professional. This dude has worked his way up in the corporate ladder. He's telling me I have to quit. I go back to doc. He's telling me I have to quit. And I'm like, oh, this is crazy. So I was like, okay, I need to get the support of everybody around me. And how did I do that? I started talking to my family, to my fiance. And although they had worries, they were, you know, they were thinking logically. You and I would come to meetings and just be, all right, how do we get to as far as we can get. And we thought about the progression, but when you're so driven, sometimes the logic is a little yeah, off. It's, it's a gray area. So it's good to have people bring you down to the ground and say, okay, where are your finances at? I'm, I was recently engaged. I had an apartment. I eat a shitload of food. So it's like all these things I'm looking yeah. financially. Okay. Am I stable for me? So that was a big thing was the support of others. Once I got the support, I looked at the finances for me. That was a big part. Can I live? If the answer is yes, can I live? Off what I'm doing, at least just live, not even save, yeah. just live. Yeah. Box checked, I was able to live. Boom. That was amazing. Um, and then the next thing was a little bit further out was, is this a stable career? And for me, I kind of wanted that answer to be kind of. I didn't need the answer to be yes, because for yeah. me, stability bred complacency. And if you ever hear me talk about complacency about myself, just turn around and punch me and kick me out because I'm, ne- I'm the last person to be complacent. Yeah. So was there stability in the career? I saw mentors. One of the guys we worked with um, at Nike, Jason Rayner, who helped us a lot with our training, he was crushing. He was doing really well. All the other Nike trainers we were working with, they'd been doing this. It was real. Yeah. So that was it. I saw people doing it. Yeah. So once I had the support, once I knew I was there financially, obviously I had the burning passion. That's number one. And then I saw that it's possible. Yeah. I mean, it was ready to rock. Yeah. I mean, you need a little cheerleading school. Yeah. You yeah. Have, the self-doubt is loud. Yeah. It's, it's a loud. thing. And you, you go through these periods where you're like, is this possible? Is this real? And for me, I never had a moment where I, I said no to that. <laughs> I never thought that it's not something I couldn't do. But um, you, you do think you're walking away from serious. From a life serious, of comfortable stability. Serious money, stability, ease, routine, all of those things. You have to throw all that away. So, you know, for me, it was important. And I, and I just, that was a big thing for me was just to get that, that checklist. And I didn't really ever like truly write it down. And like, I don't have it pinned on a board anywhere. <laughs> yeah. But it was yeah. looking back, I had it. For and sure. I, and when I kind of had that aha moment I was talking about earlier with Sarah, those were kind of the things I went through with yeah. her. And, and it was amazing. Yeah. So. Did you have anything like that? Any, any I mean, lists? For, for me, it was it was 100% in my mind, it was financial first. I could present a case to Emily, to my parents, and make... I could sell anything. Yeah. I could make yeah. anything sound cool to yeah. you. One of my biggest strengths. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just get super excited, smile, and be very passionate about it, and you'll buy into it. Um, not that I would lead you astray, but... It, it was financial for me first because I needed that box to check, right? The first thing you think about if you're just going on the little hierarchy of needs is, you know, 
are my are my bases covered? Yeah. Can I pay rent? Can I buy food? Is this going to make me as much or at least make up a little more on the happiness utility side? Yes. Right? Am I going to be marginally more happy than the cut I take in income? I think that's a big thing for Yeah, you. that's big. Because I just I, – when I was looking at the, you know, the extrinsic and intrinsic motivators, once you get to a certain point extrinsically, no amount of money can convince you to do something. No. And if you think it can, you're fooling yourself, well, just watch. Yeah. If you jump from one investment bank to the other, unless you love investment banking, which I will get to in a minute, is very possible. Unless you love doing that, the extra 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 grand sounds awesome. But there is no price tag on being happy all day long. No. But to get to that, you need your basis covered. So, I mean, for me, it was – I had this target in my head. Like, I want to earn $100,000. But really what it was was you need to cover your rent. You need to cover your food. You need to cover the fun you want to have. And you need to save a little bit of money. Uh So that's something. I didn't want to go backwards. I really wanted to still be moving forwards. It was can I out-earn what I'm earning now at each level, at least for a few years. Yeah. And I'll figure out with you, we'll figure out our moonshot idea. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's going to 10 X our income. Yeah. Where we get off this comfortable long-term salary, which is good, <laughs> yes. is good. Yeah. Um, and, and after I had that checklist, you know, I figured out how many clients I needed, what I needed to charge, how many I need to train a week, you know, what sources of income are these is this money coming from? Yeah. We have more than one. Um, and then once I had that little you know, financial pitch, I went to my relationships. First, it was my parents and girlfriend. Um, I would say that both were my biggest supporters and also my biggest devil's advocate, as they should be, as any parent exactly. should be. Yeah. And I had also had the added difficulty of my dad being a very successful CPA as well, yeah. right? I watched the life that that could provide. Um, I watched the stability of that grow a family, and that was a little tough. Yeah, it's kind of like you need to re- you need to like step back and evaluate. Right? They're all for me following my dreams, and my passions, but it was like, all right, well, where is this going? Like, we know you can do it. We know you can quit. Like, tell us how you're going to do it. Yeah. And I think after a while, once they saw the clients pick up, they saw Nike become a little more regular. They were like, wow, like, people are actually listening to you. <laughs> yeah. This is a real thing. You like kind of know what you're doing. Yeah. I think one thing on that too is that it, the slow growth yeah. is if you were to look at us right now, you might be like, oh, these guys just go ham all day. They just like Snapchat pictures and them working <laughs> out. They're leading group classes. But the thing is, and the thing that went behind the scenes for both of us is what you're talking about right now is this happened over months to a year to a year and a half yeah. before we were ready to go. So yeah. that slow growth is something you cannot look past. You and I had moments when we were sitting with each other we, and we were just, we just would grind and on just ideas. Young, humble, and, and just, hungry. And just, yeah, that's it. That's it. Young, humble, and hungry, ready to grind, and you never let off the yeah. gas. Like, I, we will, I, I will outwork you. Oh, 100%. If you, Maybe you yeah. won't work on me. <laughs> it's just energy all day. It's all Follow is. me around for a day. Yeah. We wake up at five and go to bed after midnight yeah. some nights. It's yeah. not that you're not putting in the work. Yeah. There is an accelerated time frame if you're willing to put in the work. Um, you can make it a slow process. You can make it a fast process. Um, but I think, yeah, what you discussed, that slow growth, especially I think, um, for Emily, she's going to support anything I do. Um, but, and and I appreciate this about her. She played devil's advocate several times. She was like, Hey, take a step back. But with the amount of wild shit I do all the time, like I need somebody kind of (laughs) like grabbing at my hand being like, don't be a fucking idiot. (laughs) Like I need that. And um, and then once it was time to go, she's like, no, this is it. Like, this you're is it. doing it. Yeah. You're doing it. That, and that was I'm a all cool in, conversation. And that's so awesome when you hear that. Yeah. That was such a cool conversation to when, when you have that number one support mechanism tell you it's time for you to go. You're like, you're going, let's go. You're going. Yeah. And, and as they should be, I think other people we talked to right after we interviewed Cliff, um, we had a podcast with Cliff Hodges. He owns Adventure Out. But before that, we had had an initial phone call and heard about Cliff's start and Cliff's story. And his was MIT yeah. leaving a 
serious engineering job and starting his own outdoor adventure company <laughs> is like is unbelievable. Yeah. You just see that if you're intelligent and you go about it the right way, you can do a anything you want, anything, and b you can kind of carve your own path to get there. Yeah, like w- when we were developing the protein bars, we talked to Peter who started RX Bar yep. in their mom's kitchen or basement. I can't yes. remember what he said. Yes. It's just like you hear about stuff like that. And all people see is the end product. They don't see anything that goes in behind the scenes. No, no. But so you appreciate these people that are there from the beginning. They are behind the scenes. Yes. They're a part of that. And they'll be honest with you. And they'll, you need that. Yeah. And that was one you of You can't the, have everyone saying yes to you. No. And one of the things that you and I did super well at the start to kind of get this idea going was, and, and we keep touching on it, is building relationships. Yeah. And so when we look at the relationships that we've built, that was a huge factor for us. So like you talked about Cliff and, and Peter, one thing you and I did so well was call random people and email random people. That's it. Who's doing the best at this? Who's yeah. the best person? Contact them, figure out. Email them 45 times. Get their secretary. Get their secretary's secretary. Call that person, leave a message with them. Once they hit you back, ask for the next person's name. We started this business over a protein bar, right? We had a, a concept of a bar. It was just really cool. We wanted to do this. We started rolling with it. We started training clients on the side. During that, I was like, okay, who's the top in the health industry? We were watching a couple of documentaries on it. We loved Tim Ferriss's podcast. And then we start reaching out to these people and we have unreal conversations with them in an hour on the phone. And we're like, let's bottle this up and put it into a show. I mean, it gets back. It's just like young, humble and hungry. Every great practitioner wants to teach their craft. Exactly. They want somebody to carry on the good work that they're doing. They love that you're bought in. Mm -hmm. And even if it's not like we're making bars, even if it wasn't Peter at RX bar or uh, the guy at gluten-free bar. Yeah. It, it, anyone in a tangential field that understands whatever landscape you're entering or that is just crushing it at whatever yeah. business they're on is worth it to talk to. Yeah. And if you have a passion and if you were to review our emails, they're as though I'm yelling at you how passionate and hungry I am. Yeah. We would put crazy lingo in those emails because we wanted (laughs) people to know how hungry we're someone's going to read that and say okay i want to talk to you and so developing those relationships was huge one other thing that was a huge factor for us was um meeting with other people that we knew that were doing this or that had the thought of doing it yeah we started this little group at soho house in chicago with a couple of our buddies um, a couple of your actually friends jason from high school and college that we would meet pretty regularly, a couple times a month. And we were just shooting ideas around. Everyone had a job, everyone was working, but we were all like hungry for this and everyone had different passions. Um, people wanted to do stuff in media, we were in fitness, people wanted to do stuff in fashion. And we all started talking. And we would just go to these meetings, we all have our notepads out and just spill our minds. Yeah, You need what time are you to doing? generate ideas. We would generate ideas, we were learning, oh this guy's doing this with his social media, this guy's doing this with his online e-commerce and you're just learning like oh people are doing this they're young they're humble and they're hungry and they're ready to rock other people are doing it you kept reiterating that we keep going back to that and you just surround yourself by greatness you know there's that that term out there of you know you are the spitting image of the people you spend maybe the four or five people you spend the most time with. yeah same with your yeah your income's the average of the five exactly most time with and so okay think about that are you spending the time with the best people you can? Yeah. If the answer is no, change it. It's just who's driving your mindset. Yeah. And if you find people that are hamming, they will want to crush with you. It's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah. If you have it's a passion it for it, you'll be able to do it. So we surround ourselves with a sweet group and you know, we still keep in contact with all those guys now and everyone's doing sweet stuff. Everyone we met with in that group is crushing, doing something on their own. And everyone's on their own now. Everyone's on their own. Yeah. So it just shows that you, you build this passion, you build this mindset and you start, you know, meeting with people, you put away the doubters. Um, you understand that people who have their, your thoughts in mind, your love in mind are there for a reason and you prove them, prove to them that you can crush. Um, and then, you know, the sky's no longer the limit. It's just, it's time to blast off and, and you just never lose that. That's like the biggest thing you and I have done so well is when we look at support, like obviously you are one of my top supporters and I'm one of yours and we never have had a moment where it's been like, Hey man, I don't know about that. Yeah. It's always been like, all right, let's go. Yeah. Let's do it. 
And if it doesn't work out, we just moved it on. If we were to write down every single thing that we it wanted to do with our business, year. it would be insane. But yeah. we just did it. If it worked, we kept doing it. If it didn't, we threw it away. And that's the cycle you need to have. Yeah. You can never think that your one idea is going to be the end all of everything. And if that doesn't work, you're done. You can have an end goal, but you have to be adaptive in yes. the way you take it. And that yeah. can also be, you know, if you have the end goal of being a yoga teacher, which I'll get to in a second. If you have the end goal of being a yoga teacher, you don't, if that's your goal, you could take uh, any number of paths to get there. Yes. You could do a lot of yoga until you're so good at it that you feel comfortable enough to teach. Yep. You could immediately enter a teaching program and get practical experience that way. You can work at a studio. You can do it privately. There's so many different ways to go about it and you have to be flexible in the path that you get there. You have to say thank you to the people that help you out. We had a ton of support. Oh. I could not be more grateful to Jason, the family we have at Nike. Yes. Um, you have to say thank you for the opportunities that you give that, that you're given. You can't let them down. No. And you just can't stop moving. No. You, you have to be adaptive and you have to take it in stride. And if you have an end goal and you're firm in that, the self-doubt, the skepticism you hear elsewhere is not a deterrent. Yeah. And I think, I think something that I want to iterate is that in no way are we recommending that everyone become health coaches and personal trainers. It's not the only way to be happy. It's our way. Yes. That's what we want to do. You can do anything you want to do and be happy. Just make sure you're not wasting time doing it. Don't fool yourself with your paycheck. Mm -hmm. Don't fool yourself with the number of vacation days you're getting. It's not how comfortable your chair is, right? Free food and bean bags aren't getting it. Yeah. Aren't giving you the happiness. No. It's you coming home at the end of the day, feeling good about the work you're doing. You're helping other people and that you feel good doing it. And I, and I felt that, that having a corporate job is actually important. I, 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 I liked having this is what I like about my corporate job. This is what I don't. It, like those things, the things that I didn't like fueled my energy level for the things that I now love to do. And the things that I did like, I've now put in my briefcase and carried with me. Yeah. And I think they've been extremely valuable. And one, just to kind of blend what you were just talking about, the relationships, like the value of my team yeah. at my previous job was insane. Yeah. I had real friends. And by real friends, I mean like I didn't just survive happy hours and work events. <laughs> yeah. This was like, I like hanging out with you after work. Yeah. I, you, I consider you a genuine friend. You have my best interests at heart. And those people become your loudest supporters. They become your biggest fans. Even if it's something they feel like they could never do, they're the ones egging you on. Yeah. They're the ones saying like, I'm so glad that you're happy now. Like it, it, I cannot, cannot overstate how much I am like grateful for those people that were at my level and above me. Yeah. You find the supportive, you find those, like you keep getting back to those relationships. You find those people around you that are special. Yeah. Um, and you congregate towards them and it's the exact same thing we do with the Soho group is we found the best people and you're put on a team with educated people. That was one of the benefits of getting a good job out of school is you are surrounded by other people who are intelligent and smart and think being around people that think makes you think more, makes you use your mind more. You start to see what people work. And one thing that was exactly the same is I had a colleague um, at my first job who I remember day one of work, I walked in and I was like, it's my first job. I'm just trying to figure it out. She was already grinding. And I was kind of looking at her like, ah, she's kind of a suck up, you know? And then I start seeing her crush and I'm like, oh, she's setting the pace. She's the one that's, that's doing this. I got to start working with her. Ended up working with her. She's one of my best friends now to the day and super helpful, super impactful with me. Um, and you just seek out the best people. My manager, I said, I, you know, I, I, I was the one that came to him and was like, Hey, I got these really cool ideas to work with. Can we work together from that relationship? From both of those, I gained so many tangible skills I use to today. Big things I've learned is I've learned a lot about analytics and analyzing things. I use that to analyze progression of my clients, our business, our income, how advertising works, how all of these different things work. I think analytically, and I learned that through my job. So 
getting the initial job for me was very beneficial from the learnings perspective from a job, from how to work a job, but also how to just be on your own. I moved away from my home. I was on my own, paying my rent, paying for a car, had all these responsibilities, had a long distance relationship. You want to talk about, you know, swiftly changing life from just being able to go party every night at U of I and like be a cool kid. That was a swing, dude. That was a lot of, a lot of mental energy went into that. Knowing I did that was a huge catalyst for knowing I could start a business because I was like, I've already taken risk. I've already been able to accomplish things and go through adversity and figure things out and become an adult quickly, (laughs) which is crazy. It kicks you in the ass quick. Yeah. And I think, um, in a good way. Yeah. It just comes back to, to, you know, having that structure is good because one thing that you and I do now very well is, is create structure in our own days. Um, and we utilized our corporate experience to be able to find routine, find structure, find organization. Now, we don't like the term structure because we do a lot of different things. But if you look at our Google calendars, they're set up. Yeah. like They're organized. Yeah. We might be in six different places in six different hours, but we're organized with it. And we yeah. learned those skills through through work. And I think that was a, you know, that was a big thing. And, and one of the things kind of getting back to what you were talking about of not wasting your time. One of the things that just clicked with me is whenever I get asked the question, what's new? If when I was working my <laughs> first job, I would, you know, I had some new projects I was working on or some new goals, but you fall into the question that when your parents used to ask you, what'd you learn at school today? You said, ah, nothing. Uh, nothing. Uh, you go uh, ask somebody, fine. yeah, it's fine. It's okay. It's fine. What's new? Ah, uh, nothing much. You're talking about your next trip you're going to take or, you know, your something you did outside of work. Yeah. Oh, you know, I just, you know, just did this. Someone asked me what's new now. I said, do you have five hours? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, I what's not hyped. new? Like, yeah. what can I, like everything is yeah. new. There's so much going on. That's yeah. so exciting. That when I get asked that question, I have to taper myself back yeah. instead of forcing things out. Yeah, look at my Instagram story. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, so it's for me, shit. that's a question to ask yourself. What's new? If you have a million things that are new and you're crushing it, you're on the path, you're, you're doing on it. The path. If what's new to you is you're working on your new tax form or your new little analytical project and it's not really jiving yeah. with you then you're not crushing it and you're not doing what you want to do. If but, you don't smile and light up yes. at that question, you're not doing it. You're not if doing you it. answer with, it's fine, and then you're on bullshit about the weather, <laughs> yeah. or like yes. you both pull out your phone in yeah. the elevator, like you, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. That's a question to just internalize and think, okay, what's new? A lot. How's your day? It's the best ever. It's the best ever. And that people, I think that's, it sounds so cliche, but it's yes. so funny. Everyone loves it. Everyone loves it. Everyone catches on board. Everyone How many people? Right now. Yeah. How many people do you walk up to now before you say anything to them and they say they're having the best day ever? <laughs> yeah. It happens daily, yeah. like daily. legit daily. We hang out with people for two weeks. They're talking about the best day ever. For, <laughs> what's interesting about that is that's a mindset it switch. Is. It's, it is. a big So time. for us, it's a big thing is, is the mindset. And so I think that best day ever thing is huge. It's a big deal. It's yeah. not just some joke slogan. Yeah. There's a reason it's popping up on every single thing in Target, in everything in every story. All your little paper source books are saying it on there. It, there's a reason for that because yeah. people are buying in on it. And it's a real thing. You can do it every day. I mean, you can do it right, every day. All right. What do you, so, so what's new? What do you love about your job? Give me the best day ever. Give me your best day ever. So for me, that's it. Oh, God, do I what love you that. you love about, you're now on your own, yeah. right? The, you, you found greener pastures. Uh-huh. What are you doing in the pasture? Oh, I'm rolling around. <laughs> Crushing it. Picking so, daisies, smiling, getting tan. Just loving it. So it. for me, what's new, the, what's the best day ever is innovation. So you were talking about how initially that you needed a creative outlet. Yep. And what's interesting is people see us as fitness professionals. They don't see us as creatives. You and I, we're creatives. We are always innovating ourselves, people around us. And our business. So for me, the best day ever involves innovation. It involves me learning. It involves me coming up with ideas and also executing. Those are the two things. And and we were meeting with somebody that there's like creativities on one side and kind of like structure and execution are on the other. And they don't blend. For me, when those things blend together, that's the best day ever. And it's so simple for me to do that every day because my mind is there. I'm ready to perform. I want to do it. So 
for me, the best day ever is and just kind of going through like an awesome day is, you know, waking up and right off the way impacting others. So the first thing I do, I wake up, boom, best day ever mindsets right when it pops into my head, the alarm clocks at 430, yeah. boom, 431. It's the best day ever already. Um, and I'm ready to rock. And then I go, I'm training clients. So I'm working with people, you know, you got the 5am client, the 6am client, the 7am client, you're crushing them. They're working hard. They light up when they see you, you're impacting them. Then for me, it's time to come back to myself. Um, it's either hanging out with Sarah or, you know, making some food together, talking about our day. And then I go do some sort of physical activity, whether it's yoga or workout. Yoga is my meditation. So I use that time for me to internalize and to just get better. I'm always looking for improvement in that class. Um, from there it's time to learn. So it's reading, it's listening to podcasts, it's blogging, it's writing, it's something to get the mind right. And then the rest of the day is just you and I crushing whatever the project is. Whether it's planning retreats or planning workouts or recording stuff like this, um, that is just, I love that. And then on the tail end of the day, it's meeting with a few more clients, working with them, seeing their progression, impacting their lives, teaching a, uh, a class or two, just really getting involved with people on that level is incredible and just always innovating, always thinking about what's next. So I just, it's just, there's just no days off anymore. There's none off. And it's, it's awesome. It's not like I have to go into work on Saturday morning. It's, I want to be doing this because it's not work. It's it's a passion project. Yeah. Yeah, You get, it's an opportunity. What about you? What do you think? You know, if you have, you know, that best day ever, we're always, we're always saying it. We're always implementing it and talking to other people about it. But what does it look like for you? Yeah. I mean, my, my, the overall day is very similar. The structure is just a little bit different. I like to create first, then do. So if I, I mean, on a, on the best day, if I could wake up with no alarm clock, that's perfect. That's still going to be way earlier than the average person wakes yeah. up. It's going to be in the fives yeah. somewhere, 6 a.m. on the nose. The first thing I like to do if I can is like take time to make my coffee. That's meditative for me. Um, I've recently loved working by the fire. Something about fire in my ultimate preference would be by the water. Like working by water, meditating by water, being around moving water is very calming. But I think just coffee, fire, read. Reading's the first thing. Whether that's fiction, whether it's nonfiction, whether that's learning and something applicable to our business, whether that's just anything to get my mind moving. Coffee wakes me up a little bit. Then it's time two clients, three clients, whatever it might be. Um, and, and working with them gets my spirit and energy going as much as I can hype myself up. Seeing somebody else is like, it's go time. Yeah. You are relying on me for your day. That means it's time to turn up. It's time. It's your turn to turn on the jets, change someone else's day. Like this is on you. Client might be tired. They might be coming off vacation. They might not want to be there, but you're their accountability. You have to do that. Yeah. And I love being that. Yeah. No one's getting away slacking. <laughs> no right? way. Some, some easier days, some tougher days, certainly, but no one's getting out without putting in work. That is like the, but that's the fire for my day. Yep. Then it comes back and I like to have these, these alternating periods between like create and do. So what you said, creativity on one side, efficiency on the other side, just getting tasks done. I like to separate those two. I feel like the task switching cost of blending that is too much on me. I like to create for a block of time, do for a block of time, come home, eat, create a little bit more, go back out and do whether that's teaching a class with a client, then it gets to us and whatever it is that day, create or do, we just continue on that with live better. And I think that's just the, the ultimate day. There's a little learning, a little moving, a little laughing, chilling, and just repeating. Yeah. Over and over and over. Yeah. And that doesn't stop. That's seven days a week. <laughs> Every day. There's not a day where this moleskin is not out and I'm jotting something down. Yeah. Quotes, books, exercises I love, ways to tweak a client's plan, ways to tweak a class I'm teaching, all of it. You're always moving in the direction of either bettering yourself, bettering your business. In that case, those are one and the same for the two of us for a lot of the time. Um, that's the best ever. It's the best. Dinner with Emily, little chill time to finish, you know, spending time with someone I love, like people you like to be around. Yeah, you, you have really to value that. It can't be all on your own. No. I, 
I think this kind of leads into my next question, um, and, and I'll answer my part of that after you. Do you ever regret leaving? Oh, wow. That's interesting. Do you uh, have any regrets about leaving? Do you regret leaving? Are there things that you left on the table you wish you would have done? Is there anything you would have changed about it? Um, I don't have a single regret about it. Do you miss anything? Um, the So the, the interesting thing is what I've learned in the last, you know, in the, in the time since I've left is things in which I enjoyed about that, I find ways to do now. Yeah. So there was a, there was a gap where you leave and... It was interesting is like we have a partnership, so we are able to talk to each other. Now, if you left and you were completely on your own and you went to an office that you created or you're working out of your home, you spend a lot of time by yourself. Yeah. That was the biggest change was instead of going into an office with hundreds to thousands of people, yeah. you have a lot of alone time. And what can happen with alone time? You can relax. You can put your feet up. You can chill. I don't do any of that, but you can. So that is always there. Um, and I love talking with people and communicating and building things together. Yeah. So for me, that was a, that was the hardest part about leaving was not having that like almost like forced time with people. Yeah. So what, what I just, and I of, think like places like breather and yes. we work Soho, that's yes. why they're blowing why up. They're Nobody there. wants to be by themselves. Yeah. You don't want to be by yourself. What did we do? We, you and I set time on our schedule every week that we're going to be at Soho. Yeah. We go every week. We're there. We're surrounded people. We do it. Um, and you start spending time with the people you want to spend time with. So to answer the question, I don't have any regrets. Yeah. I did it in such a way that was very thought out. There's still that moment at the end where you're like, Oh crap. Am I actually going to do this? Is this real? (laughs) Am I going to go? And that's crazy scary. Um, so that moment existed and I, you know, wouldn't have done it any earlier, wouldn't have done it any later, did it right on the dot where I wanted to do it, have zero regrets, loved, loved every single second. There's been tough times. I've put in a lot of hours that have seeped away from relationships, friendships, family time. And so now I've been able to come to a point where I realize what's important to me. Yeah. So you kind of go through this, all right, I got to go everything into it, 50 hours a day, even though it doesn't, it's not possible you want to do it. And then you take a step back and you realize, why did you leave? And for me, one thing I did before, before I left was created my ultimate day. And it was literally what I just said. Yeah. Now, did that happen day one? No. no. Does it happen every day? No. no. Yeah. Are there meetings I go to that are going my creative time? Are there um, phone calls I have to take? Are there appointments I have to go to? Yes, there are. Um, but for me, I created this ideal day. And I was like, can I do this? And yeah. now I can. And I do that on day to, some days. I get that day down. I'm like, that was epic. Yeah. So for me, it was like, can I get this day? And, and it took time. It took months for me to get there. So in that interim time, right after I left, there was some struggle. It was not easy. Um, everything wasn't there. I had tough times where I was looking for the, you know, the next client or the next income source. And I never really like struggled. It wasn't like, oh man, I can't eat this week. But there was definitely times it was like, okay, like, I have to really grind to get this going or this is going to be tough. Yeah. So those times existed. Um, the time commitment for me was the hardest part of the transition was deciding where to spend my time outside of work. No one is telling you anymore. Yes. No one's telling you. I knew that I loved to do it. So I was putting in a lot of time. I was looking back at kind of like the hours that I was putting in and there was weeks where I was putting in so many hours training and so much time into it that took away from, from things I wish it didn't. But, um, it was a learning experience. It was something I'm glad I did. So now I come to the realization that for me, the reason I left my job was to spend the, spend time doing what I love with the people I love in the way in which I want to do it. And now that I'm doing that, it's just looking back. It's that's the greatest the, ever. That's the freedom. Yeah. Do what you want, when you want, with the people you want, yeah. for how long you want. Exactly. What about you? Any times where there was like anything you look back on and you're like, oh, I could have done that differently or better or, or anything like that no no regrets absolutely none i think with some hindsight if somebody would have told me to to journal as much as i do now then it would have been very helpful Mm -hmm. one thing i i do think is super helpful when you're at your job whether you leave or not this is good advice is to write down the things that are working and write down the things that are not this can deal with someone above you that could be your boss that's a leader this could be your peer group There are glaring examples of what not to do. Don't take your pants off at work. (laughs) Don't punch your computer. 
Don't do dumb shit. Yeah. But there are the less glaring examples of, did you write this email the wrong way? Did you handle a phone call the wrong way? I think there are things that you can start to write down where you can really look back and say, this is an efficient way to lead people. This is a good way to motivate people. I like how this presentation was laid out. I like how this spreadsheet looks. There are things like that that will carry over into anything that you do, especially the way, especially your soft skills, the way you send an email, the way you give a speech, the way you motivate a team, the way you work with a team. Your value to a team while you're working long, hard hours and complaining and eating pizza for three meals a day because that's what gets brought in. There are things like that where you say, I don't like pizza three times a day. Even if it's free, don't eat the pizza. (laughs) Yeah. That shit adds up. And it's stuff like that where this little group think environment really starts to foster. It's like, all right, everyone else is doing it. I'll just do it. Yeah. You can't do that. You have to think for yourself independently. And I think that was something that I took away from that. I don't, I don't regret anything that I do. I just wish I would have started that process a little bit earlier. Certainly throughout all of the overlap time, I did that because yeah. I had this glaring example of like, oh, this works here, right? That's why you do more stuff. You recognize more patterns. When I speak to someone this way, this works more efficiently. When I give a speech this way, if I talk this way and present myself this way, people respond better. Yeah. It's like those are the things you start to pay attention to. So um, do I miss anything? Yeah, I think collectively the group of people I worked with was probably the smartest work group people I'll ever be around. It was just incredible. Everywhere you turn, somebody is brilliant. Um, whether they're working at their fullest capacity or not, that's up to them to decide. But I think while you're in there, when everyone's conducting themselves in a business professional manner, starting at a high-end professional services firm, you're, it's very rare that you're going to get that large of a group. Sure, you can surround yourself with seven, eight, nine, ten people that are super smart if you kind of create that collective. Yeah. But I'm talking in the hundreds, in the thousands of people that are really, really intelligent. I'll miss that. I miss my team environment, my friends, as you suggested, like coming into an office and just like you miss the chit chat and the social atmosphere. And I think we find ways to create that outside of work, um, which is great. But just that on the daily, that's definitely something. And then, you know, the security sometimes. Yeah, for sure. As you suggested, there are harder times than others. And you fighting for your own paycheck is going to create some self-doubt. And then, but then it starts to come in and you feel secure. But there are going to be times when you look back and you're like, wow, it would be really nice to get that bi-weekly paycheck. Someone's contributing to my 401k, which may eviscerate and turn into a 200k. You don't yeah. know, but you know, it's nice to have that just kind of all set. Yeah. Instead of doing everything for yourself, you know, a couple things are taken care of. But that laziness is nothing <laughs> totally to be, worth to look everything. For. Yeah. yeah. It's not something to like be like, oh this is great. No. Yeah. It's like no. No, it's way better when you're working towards it. You yep. will be bought in. You will value it. Just much more enjoyable. Do you have maybe one or two final bits of advice? So you're talking to so-and-so. He or she sits down with you and says, Jay, I'm, I'm, I've got this idea and I'm working towards it. It's kind of working out. You know, what would be your, what would be your bit of advice for them to decide if it's their passion and if so – when are they ready? How are they ready to go? What would I tell them? Yeah. I mean, the first thing is to just like kind of create a little checklist for yourself. I think it helps you organize your thoughts. I think putting pen to paper at some point and at least bouncing the ideas, having to articulate yourself out loud is much harder than doing it in your head. You can make yourself sound like LeBron James in your head. Go out and dribble a basket, yeah, basket, yeah, basket, yeah, basket. Yeah. Try what LeBron does and yeah. there you go. Yeah. I think doing and saying are two different things and you need to start doing right away. It's like, go find the best person doing this. It's a great step that you're coming to me and asking me for this or you're reaching out to whomever about what you're doing, but you need to go start doing it. You need practical experience. You need an application. Um, Seeking a mentor and hearing about the long-term experience in that field on what your career might look like is very important. Um, I think seeking some peer relationships are really good, right? Go find somebody at the level you'll be entering whatever job you're looking at. If you're at a bank, it's find another analyst or find another associate that's at your level. 
if you just go talk to a big VP or the CEO, they're going to show you the glamorous yeah. high-end lifestyle that that will afford you. Great. You know what you're working towards, but what are you actually doing day to day? You need to know you're going to love that first because that's the foundation on what your career is going to be built on. And then once you've sort of figured this out, once you've asked yourself those questions, once you've asked your peers those questions, once you've asked your potential mentor those questions, right? you have the financial piece locked down, you have the relationship piece locked down, just fucking do it. Yeah. Just rip the cord, yeah. <laughs> jump out of the plane. Yeah. The chute will open yep. and you will land, you will be good, but you got to be committed to it and it's... There's no time to be like, ah, no, I don't want to do it. I don't need to yeah. fall out. No, yeah. it's like just jump. Do, just yeah. jump. You yeah. got to do it. Yeah. You know what? If, if you think that this is it, it probably is. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You can find something else to do yeah. if it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Saying you just move from one position to the other on an MBA application is what everyone else's thing looks like. Yeah. Right? Say you try to start some business like be interesting and the interesting conversations will follow yeah Yeah, what about you yeah i think last piece of advice those are those are all good things and i would i would piggyback off all those something i guess different um than one just doing it two making sure you you know how to do it um (laughs) and and three already doing it um is is i think you need to look at what motivates you? Yep. And at the end of the day, is the um, output of the job you're going to do or the career you're going to make or the business you're going to start motivate you? Does the output for us, it's you know seeing other people do well, if it's creating the next application for the iPhone and you're seeing the end user get benefit out of it, does that motivate you? Is that the motivational thing? If the motivational thing is, I know I can make a lot of money doing this and I can have a lot of free time and I can do all this other stuff, is that worth what the output of the product is for you? One thing we get back to is always doing stuff for others. We love that mindset of if you're doing something for the betterment of somebody else, you are doing the right thing. I believe in that wholeheartedly and you will be happy with that. Whatever that benefit may be, it may be something like us where it's physical and tangible or it might be something that's a little bit more obscure but it's helping somebody else if the output of what you want to accomplish excites you you're ready you're ready does it excite you people yeah thanks so much for listening to uh brett and jason here we love your feedback we want to hear from you if you are in this situation if you have questions if you want to start something on your own hit us up email us Text us, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you got to do, reach out. We thrived off other people. We utilized others. So hit us up. We're ready to help you and we're ready to help you have the best day ever. Have the best day ever, fam. Crush it.